Hello, and welcome to the Dirty Side F1 podcast. This is our wrap-up of the Bahrain Grand Prix, coming to you a little late. We had some scheduling difficulties this week, so we apologize we didn't get this episode out a little sooner, but it uh, enabled us to get some perspective and uh, I think the I think this episode will end up a little bit less ranty than it, it otherwise would have been so how you doing Luke I'm doing well Keon very well uh, very <laughs> very happy with the uh, the race in total awe of what uh, Bahrain uh, delivered for us uh, it was non-stop uh, from from yeah from lights to, to flag it was an unbelievable race and it threw up a lot of questions uh answered a lot of questions and was uh was just really good yeah. I, I think i was you saw how much i was in awe with some of the the text messages that i sent you <laughs> um, yeah delayed reactions yeah um yeah it's uh okay well obviously it was a great race everyone agrees uh fantastic uh on track action Lots of drama. Um, the results were satisfying for some and really uh, heartbreaking for others. I thought it was a fantastic race, to be honest. And I think Bahrain actually typically is a good track for overtaking, and we certainly saw a lot of it. Yeah, they opened up another DRS and uh, zone, and it's got three. It's got three DRS zones and one really long straight. It, it's really conducive for overtaking. Uh, and, and it really, it's a track that traditionally suits, I'd say, Ferraris probably for the last five or six years. Yeah. Um, Ferraris have seemed to, to, to do really, really well uh, at Bahrain. Um, yeah. Um, and they definitely recover their form, right? So they did. when they went in like right right away at uh, for, for Friday practice and, and into qualifying, they were <clears throat> nowhere close to as far behind as they were. I mean, in fact, they were not far behind. They were, you know, top of the top of the timesheets essentially, right? They yeah. were. It completely dominated their car. Um, it, it 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 prompted people to even say that uh, <laughs> that they were sandbagging, they were sandbagging the yeah. whole weekend in which makes, Melbourne, which makes like totally like zero sense, it like made, negative twenty cents. It, yeah, it makes it makes zero sense, but also like. Is it outside of the realm of Ferrari to just like maybe, I wouldn't say they totally sandbag, but would it be out of their range to be like, okay, maybe we just don't give full throttle, but then like to give up a potential 50 points would... Uh, would yeah, the, it, there's absolutely no value in it. There's <laughs> not, no value. Not for a race weekend. I mean, maybe certain things in testing to not like go uh, with your, you know, in, in quality trim. Um, keep the data to yourself. Maybe there's some advantage to doing that, but like obviously no one's going to drop a race on purpose. That's insane. Yeah, they wouldn't have dropped a race and maybe they they weren't like, uh, you know, putting certain formats of the car out that they, they, they initially, maybe they were a little bit more comfortable in terms of setting up a car a particular way for Bahrain, but it, it, whatever they did, it, uh, it certainly worked because, Jesus, they were fast. They were very fast. Yeah, and yeah, no, and and these conspiracy theorists, you know, you know what this means? It just means that people love a good conspiracy. They'll just see one anywhere, when it yeah. especially when it comes to Ferrari or Mercedes. Yeah, that's very true, and uh, it, it was it was good. I mean, it was also disappoint. It was good and disappointing weekend. I was I was happy, and that happiness was just uh, taken away swiftly <clears throat> as dashed, it was given. Yeah, it's taken away on the rocks. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I felt for Leclerc. I think everyone, everybody did. And even uh, Toto Wolff, when uh, he saw Hamilton overtake um, Leclerc in those dying Yeah, he didn't, he didn't celebrate. He, he I mean, he celebrate. did kind of, but not like he over the top. Yeah, yeah, he didn't put his fist in the air. And I think that you could even just say that like everyone just felt for this poor yeah, I young thought, kid. I thought who, it was actually really classy of Toto Wolff. And I remember, absolutely. I, remember thinking, <laughs> I remember thinking that the engineers were being a little bit uh, yeah. Boisterous. Like, yeah. A little too boisterous. I was like, are you really like cheering and pumping your fist in the air? Yeah. I know you work hard on the team and you want to do well and you're working on whatever car you want to see Hamilton, um, take the lead of the race. Uh, but seriously, like it was basically just handed to him. So exactly. Uh, I, I, like I, be happy, but don't be ridiculous. I At guess. least Toto Wolf kind of, um, showed the way. I think that was classy. Yeah. He showed a bit of measure and, and constraint. And I think that's what you, yeah. you need to do in that situation, especially when it's just a, a young kid who, who didn't, he did not put a step wrong all no, weekend. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, he did. He did. Wow. He, he got one thing wrong and that was the start. 
That's correct. Yes, he he didn't warm his tires up, and they yeah. didn't have enough pressure in them, uh, and that really came to bite him in the ass on that first lap. Yeah, that was that. That's the theory. I think. I mean, I think it's probably correct. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember seeing. I know he's given an interview saying that he didn't have a good. He messed up the start, but he. I don't know if he pointed directly to the the, the heat in his tires, but it seemed like there was. Yeah, just he didn't have enough grip getting off the line. It yeah, just wasn't. I mean, it's safe to assume that it was it was a grip. I, I think that it was a grip issue because yeah. I, I don't. And Vettel was just like bad out of bad out of hell. He was just like right uh, right out. Yeah, Vettel Vettel was like a cheetah pouncing on an antelope. He, yeah, uh, and it was it was uh, Vettel traditionally has. Well, sometimes he has bad starts. Um, actually, you know what? If I think about it, I can't actually point to a driver that consistently has good starts because. There are drivers who have great starts and they win, win races, and then in other races they're on pole and then they drop it. So it's I, f- I feel like the start is such a so many things have to be in, in alignment for a good start. It's almost like a different sport. Yeah, exactly. To to get it, and I mean one one example of that was, uh, and I can I, I can just testify this because I, I follow the guy so much was Weber. He would always um, go on pole, but. Um, would almost always lose his uh, his position and yeah. get overtaken at that first corner. It's yeah, so some drivers are bad at it for sure. But yeah. I mean, there conversely, it doesn't seem that there are drivers that are consistently good because it seems like Hamilton. there are so many glitches that could happen. Hamilton does have a lot of good starts, but he also has bad starts, like um, like in, in, a, in Australia. Yeah, in Australia. Yeah, but I was that. Yeah, I don't know. Was I mean, that, Bottas got a good start. Bottas got a phenomenal yeah, start. So. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough to say, but oh man. So let's just take one step back first and talk about like put this into context, which I think is like really important because um, Vettel, uh, well, basically Vettel was completely annihilated by Leclerc um, this weekend, uh, especially in qualifying. And what I found really cool was that. He didn't get it. Okay, so people can say he only got one good run in Q3. I think one flyer. But, yeah, that, uh, so, and that was so, because of a, an issue when they were putting him yeah, out as well. But so Leclerc, Leclerc had two runs. Both of Leclerc's runs were good enough for pole. As in his second one oh, that he yeah. put in was like slightly better, but it was his first one was still on pole. And so when people say, oh, well, you know, Vettel only got one good run in, if you consider, if you, if you, kind of equalize them and say like let's say Leclerc only gets one run his first run his first run was still on pole so it's like I know they can say that there's some variance so like two chances are really required to see someone's true form but I don't really buy that yeah I mean mean, it would have been interesting we don't know because Vettel does have that that little um that trait in him where he's able to pull something out so you can never really just completely write off Vettel because a second chance from Vettel can probably yield a tenth and mm-hmm. and that's and that's a reality because there's been times when Vettel's been second or third and then he's he's done his second flyer and you're just blown away because you're like holy shit he just pulled another one and a half tenths two tenths out i'm not saying he could have gotten that much mm-hmm. but i i do think the vettel would have been able to improve he he he's not the type of racer where he, he's not able to build upon that um my, yeah. my opinion of that is is that he would have slightly slightly improved yeah i i don't know i i it's possible, but Leclerc, uh, Leclerc actually said that he made a mistake even in his like second uh, pole lap, essentially. Um, so there was still technically a little tiny bit of time left. So one thing that this points to is that okay, Leclerc has like really extracted a lot of the out of the car. Maybe Vettel didn't get a good run, but the Ferraris were actually quite impressive. Yeah, they were. They in, were in quality trim. Yeah, they've, they've obviously uh, they're, they're impressive, but obviously them extracting that power, where, whatever they found, wasn't didn't um, relate to reliability. So they were able to get an enormous amount of power from compa- compared to, to to what they did last weekend in in, mm-hmm. in Australia. Yep. Um, sorry, the two previous weekends, but like they it, it didn't necessarily equalize into reliability so that's their their issue they've got to temper with it's like okay they were able to have uh, a lot more pace and a lot more power but then in terms of Leclerc's power units um, yeah but this is not a normal I mean we haven't seen this kind of thing from Ferrari in a while um I mean you you expect something like this to happen to Red Bull 
Um, even even Mercedes, like it only happened, it, they're pretty reliable. Like it happened once, you know, I think it was Austria last year where Bottas and Hamilton both retired. Um, just talking about retirements in general. But I don't remember this kind of a failure, uh, like an engine related thing in a Ferrari in, a, in quite some time. But if you, look at, if you look at the quality results, the actual time, um, Vettel was just almost like three tenths. Um, yeah, something like three tenths off uh, Leclerc, but Hamilton was like right, right behind, right behind Vettel. So that's clearly like Vettel did not get a good lap because I think that car was superior. Yeah. Um, but Hamilton was about three tenths ish back, and then Bottas was like another tenth. So they were pretty close. Uh, they're not too far off. The Ferrari wasn't completely destroying the field the way that Mercedes destroyed the field in Australia. So things are kind of more even. So I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to some better racing. But it was actually quite. I mean, we had that start, and Leclerc <clears throat> like showed his, uh, you know, his his racecraft and, and his um, determination. Yeah. And it seemed like right from the start, it was like the. Actually, one thing I really loved about this race was that both Hamilton and Bottas and Leclerc and Vettel were duking it out like continuously in the first few It was laps. fantastic to see. It was, uh, yeah, they were just trading blows like heavyweight fighters, like heavyweight boxers. And, and people were speculating like, oh, the, you know, that's going to be like team orders on both sides. No. But it, it's too early in the season for that. Yeah, and and and, and <clears throat> you would hope that Merck and, and Ferrari don't uh, implement team orders this early on because you would just really want to see you want to see Bottas and Leclerc like flourish and and give it to these yeah, these yeah. two, especially after last race. Uh, so yeah, you know what? Like the the first two races of the season have been about you know the second man. Yeah, they've been <laughs> the about, day of the second man. It's been about the supporting actor that has yeah. uh, taken a, a shine. And uh, although everyone, it's a little different because everyone was excited to see what Leclerc could do against Vettel, right? Because the they felt that like they need a young upstart to like jolt them into you know like wake Vettel up essentially and like really wondering how good Leclerc would be in this thing and a lot of people were over the top saying that he's going to be competitive instantly um but they were kind of <laughs> they were shown to be uh, you know wrong in, in this race and so like there that was a it was a surprise but not really a big surprise cuz a lot of people thought it was going to happen whereas with Bottas everyone including us had written him off oh, completely, completely written him, written him off, him off. And, like, and he came back in the first race and just like stamped his sign Did, do you remember actually what he said um when he was pulling into Park Ferme he actually said they had it in one of those, you know, F1 has these YouTube, this YouTube um, channel. They post all the yeah. radio messages. He was like, to whom it may concern, fuck you. <laughs> and that was probably probably half directed at me as well, or both of us, <laughs> yeah. considering uh, the spattering that we gave him <clears throat> last year. But yeah. deservedly so. I mean, yeah. there's nothing. I, I always oh, say. terrible that, last year. I always say, prove me wrong. I'd rather be proven wrong in most instances, instances, like, uh, it makes me happy that I was proven wrong. I, I, it make it, it makes for, I enjoy it when, when Bottas is giving it to this five time world champion like Lewis, because it, it's going to, I want Lewis to be a little unnerved. And the only way you can unnerve Lewis is it's not going to be a Vettel from a Ferrari. It's going to be his own teammate. And we've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, a healthy, uh, competitive Bottas is what I want. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that he's proven, and I hope that he continues to prove me wrong throughout the season. Yeah, I was a, I was a little disappointed in his performance this race, but you know it's a little it's a little ridiculous to say okay you beat Hamilton once, you know you dominated once uh, in the first race of the year, but it was Melbourne. It's different from other like it's one of the more unique tracks. Not a lot of tracks are similar in characteristics to Melbourne. No, so you are. so he's. You know, I think it would—it was almost like unreasonable, unreasonable of us to expect that he might continue his form against Hamilton. Like we're talking about Hamilton here, right? He's not just going to sit idly by, especially after that performance in Australia. So, I guess it wasn't so bad um, how Bottas did. Like he wasn't embarrassing himself or anything. He was still—he no. was still doing fairly well. At, at, at the end of the day, we just want Bottas to be doing what he's doing, and that's to stay within the hunt and not to be completely blown out of the water that he's just. Uh, a complete second act that's that yeah. he's just supporting. We we want him to to just be nipping. If if he's nipping at Hamilton's feet, then yeah. I'm I'm happy with that because he didn't do that the second half of the year <clears> last <throat> year. True. And, and 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 that's all I want. Whether or not that translates to him 
him, you know, giving a genuine title fight. Who knows? But if he's yeah. just nipping at Hamilton's feet, it keeps our viewers and all, all the viewers uh, entertained. Yeah. But it was. So, I want to point. I just wanted yeah. to point out the the um, the racing between Hamilton and Vettel. Can we can we talk about that briefly? That was tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah. I, yeah. I was really, really impressed with uh, the wheel-to-wheel racing that these two fellas did. It was uh, millimetres uh, and the uh, and the respect that they both have to know that they're, they're not going to overstep each uh, – overstep a line. Uh, it really just shows the might of these two drivers. It was, it was really cool to see two titans just racing and, and I, I want to see more of that this year. Yeah, it was um – well, it didn't work out so well for, for Vettel. But, <laughs> as, it, uh, as it has been the, the yeah, story. But, yeah, okay. So actually, the last time I remember them, well, I, I'm probably missing one, but um, I remember them going wheel to wheel like that or like really racing in Belgium in Spa last year. That's right. And I think there was one other time um, when Vettel, no, Vettel spun out last year, but it wasn't that it, with Verstappen. I think that was with Verstappen. Yeah, that was with Verstappen yeah. in uh, in Japan. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking of times when Hamilton and Vettel actually went head to head and actually raced on the track, and it doesn't happen that often because usually one car is like um, has better setup or you know better performance you know, on a certain track, and then that guy is just like way ahead. Yeah, exactly. So it, and <clears throat> and you're right. It's just really cool because it is very rare that they're uh, side by side and. It, it's it, and it's just cool to see that they just don't fucking crash each other out. That they just race, and uh, it, it just shows that they've got a huge amount of respect. It was just really cool to see. I, yeah, I was it was un- nice to see. It I was, mean, it was exciting. Um, I, obviously, I was rooting for Hamilton, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that this sort of thing is is happening uh, this season. I, mean, I actually think that the rule changes, I mean, Bahrain is actually, it is a good track for this. So maybe I'll reserve judgment until um, after Barcelona. Yeah. But uh, I think the, the arrow changes this year are actually like, they've asked some of the drivers and they're like, I don't notice a difference. And I think Kimmy said something like it's, he notices a different, he doesn't notice a difference in terms of um, yeah, passing, but it's a little bit stable, like follow more stable following behind a car or something like that. But I think right. whatever they've done has improved racing a little bit. For uh, sure. Yeah, for sure. It has. And, it, and, it, and it's good to see because, uh, it, it just, uh, I don't know. It, I, I was just, I was genuinely impressed with, with this race and, and the amount of battles that went on. It was, uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah, it was like, it was pretty nonstop. I mean, I think there was a, a race last year, maybe it was Suzuka where it was just like just constant overtaking and this actually felt pretty close to that there was a lot of on track action and especially towards the beginning of the race yeah it was just i mean usually in races it like people like settle into a certain you know, rhythm and then people do the undercuts and the overcuts and they just fall you know everything shakes out and then it's ma- mainly about like maintaining you know tires and 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 yeah, bringing and the car home yeah but this one was actually you know exciting a lot of it was exciting and also it's you have to mention as well that uh they they, they did have a meeting with the race to, uh the race directors and the, the stewards and it, there was a consensus to be that like let, let them race uh, if you notice that there were a couple of incidences that were looked at by the uh racing stewards yeah, that's but, true. But and, no they, f- and they were just like no further, further action no further action was taken i think there was a consensus and it's like let these fellas race and especially if it's like the first um five five laps of a grand prix like there's going to yeah. be a lot of rustle Contact. and tussle yeah. and yeah, that's true and and if if drivers are afraid to to take that extra step, then you're going to see uh, a lack of overtaking and a lack of like yeah. entertainment. So I think that it's a combination of maybe the racing situation not being so harsh because there are so many safety procedures in place now that realistically you can let them smash into each other and, and they're going to be <clears throat> yeah. fine, well, so to speak. I think like, it was, uh, I'm not sure if it was, if it was Martin Brundle or Crofty or one of them said something about this this year that, that the yeah, race control is being a little bit more lenient, uh, a little bit more lenient. In this, in the, I don't know if that was just their, you know, their their impression uh, in the commentary box, or if they actually, you know, have heard that there is actually an effort being made to do this. But I think it's good for the sport to not um, heavy-handedly penalize people for, um, you know, first five laps of the race or whatever, unless like something insane, like on someone pulls a Grosjean or something, then that's different. Yeah. And you know what? It was probably, it's probably been since Grosjean has entered formula one that they've probably 
become a little bit more conservative. <laughs> and I would say that they, they, they would look at that and they would see Grosjean's antics. So you can kind of understand that, Gro, especially Grosjean's early, earlier years, uh, when Grosjean raced for Renault, Jesus, like he was, he was a maniac. But mm-hmm. uh, you, so you can understand how they would be a little bit hard pressed because they, they, they don't want to have new young drivers coming in thinking, some some of the stuff that Grosjean did was an acceptable form of yeah. racing behavior, so you could kind of understand. <clears throat> but now Grosjean has has matured a little bit, um, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, it's all baby you, you steps. Kinda, you kind of need a microscope to see it, but yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it seems like it, 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 I, I think that maybe have influence, and now now we're just seeing a little bit, a little bit more yeah. Russell and Tussle, which is which is nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, what was interesting is that in quali, we actually had a, a, almost what you would expect in terms of who made the top ten. Although you would expect to like the two Ferraris, the two Mercedes, and the two Red Bulls. Although Gasly was nowhere to be found. Yeah. Let's let's chat about this mother for a little <clears throat> bit. Yeah. Um, what's he's in? My, he's on my he's on my fantasy my fantasy team, and I'm like really regretting that right now. And you know what? You wouldn't be wrong to say, Keon, that a lot of other people would have put this kid in their fantasy as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, like he he was a he was a good buy. It was a cheap buy compared to Verstappen. But I I thought that he would perform not at the same level as Verstappen, but maybe like Verstappen two years ago. Yeah, and he doesn't seem to be as as erratic as maybe uh, what Verstappen was earlier. No, he's not. He's not erratic. But I thought his result, like he yeah. he did have an amazing result last year in the Toro Rosso. I can't remember which race he came in sixth or something. It was a night race. You would say you would say that that Gasly would have been consistent because he didn't have erratic behavior, and you could say that you know what he could probably he's probably a good qualifier. He's a smart. He has a bit of smart race craft, so he's going to be a consistent performer. May may not <laughs> reach the heights of what. Uh, Verstappen or some of the other younger drivers could do, but that he was going to build upon that. Mm-hmm. But he, no, he's he, been he's been he, rubbish. He, he's, I mean, uh, the first race, okay, they they screwed up his, uh, didn't get him out on time or whatever for qualifying, um, and or he didn't he didn't get out when the track had like rubbered in. But that you know that explains maybe the result of the first race and it wasn't so easy to over- overtake. But this race. People were overtaking all over the place, and he he was nowhere. No, he he was nowhere, and to honestly be overtaken, like he, he qualified thirteenth. Yeah, and uh, um, Albon from uh, Toro Rosso was was overtaking him. Now that that can't, I'm sorry, but that can't happen. You can't have your <laughs> sister team uh, overtake you because it just goes to show that that you, you are not performing. If, if your sister car is being able to extract more and overtake from... Yeah, from I mean, okay, that maybe that happened, but Gasly still finished one place in front of Alvin, but like only, it was it was close. It was only like a few seconds at the end. It wasn't race, much. So, yeah. And and Al, I think Albon uh, had his measure and also yeah. Kivat as well. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know what? I would say that both, if... Both those guys, first of all, am I the only one who's a little confused? Because like one of them is a Russian... And one of them is supposedly racing for Thailand, but also was like raised in England. So I don't know if he's half Thai or what. So you've got a Russian and someone who is partially Thai. And is it just me or do they look the same? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not being real. <laughs> I, like, I like they are bastard offspring of Vladimir Putin or something. No, no. Like like when you see their little, um, their, the, 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 their overlay when they show their picture or whatever. They have like the same haircut and the same head shape. I know they look different. So if like I had like about two seconds to like look at their face and recognize, I'd be like, okay, no, this one's Kviet. This one's Alban. That's no problem. <laughs> but like if they just flash it in front of you um, for like a half second, I honestly don't know which one is which well, because it, they look the same. It's Red Bull's human genetic engineering cloning <laughs> program. That yeah. they're doing. But I mean, honestly, every other driver in F1, you just flash them on the screen for like a microsecond and I could tell you who it is because they are all radically different they have different head shapes they have different height different like facial hair i just they're instantly recognizable but these two are like just almost like variants of of the same (laughs) (laughs) mutation well they're they're probably grown in a lab so yeah um so alban is new yeah and kviat had uh, he's had a tumultuous career and uh, he's doing pretty well so i mean he's doing really we were talking about this earlier um man if ghastly just continues to stink up the track maybe like has two more bad races. We wouldn't be surprised if they pulled an, pulled another swap and brought Kvyat, called him up 
yeah. to the big leagues like like before he was sort of you know shifted down. So they've, they've got to do they have to do something because you can't continuously um, qualify outside the top ten. <clears throat> when yeah. when your car is having no like they've changed their they've changed their unit they've got a Honda Power unit now there is no reason for them to not be qualifying in the top ten no no reason there it's unacceptable um, yeah it, like, it seems it's like actually, they it's have less, a little, it's less acceptable than it was last year yeah it, it and, and like it seems like they're they're more reliable I know we're only two races in but Verstappen is saying how good the car feels compared to last year so. Excuse me. When you have Verstappen saying that, yeah, um, yeah. there there really is no excuse. Whereas Verstappen's uh, last year, he words, was just pissing and moaning all he, the time. He was about moaning the about the car, saying how unreliable was this and this and this and that. He's got a completely different mindset. His attitude is completely different about how this the unit, the the Honda Power unit, is pairing up with their chassis. Yeah. Now they've got a bit of work to do on their chassis, but uh, they should still be qualifying in the top ten. So I would say by. By race five or six, I think they're going to. It, it seems like Christian Horner is a really nice team principal and gives the benefit mm. of a doubt. I would say more so than like a Toto. Um, mm, yeah. Well. Yeah. T- uh, yeah, I guess so. Because it, you got to remember, it's in. A, they're in a different position. It's not like. <clears throat> it's it's not also. Like, it's also. It's also their ego too, though, because admitting that somebody isn't working out is like admitting that they made the wrong choice. Right? Absolutely, but uh, Helmut Marco is not going to to withstand <laughs> this this crap. Like he's he's looking and he's going. Yeah, Why? yeah, he's yeah, he's a bit of the you know the disciplinarian. Yeah, he seems like the like. It's like uh, Christian Horner is like you know your home form teacher, and Helmut Marco is the principal. Yeah, you don't you don't <laughs> want to be sent to the principal. Yeah, you know, and and that's exactly <clears throat> what you know Dr. Helmut Marco is. He's the fucking he's the enforcer principal that that will discipline. And yeah, he's he's he is one scary. Yeah, and so I just see I, I just see that as like uh, it, it just can't go on. So Gasly, but the problem, and this is Formula One racing, is that yeah. you have one bad race, it can go into the second one, it goes into the third one, and it's a really it, it really is a head it really is a a a, a sport of head games. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, also like there's head games, and then there's and like external head games, and there's internal head games. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So to have this. And it's Verstappen's team, so like mm-hmm. this is just cementing his his authority in the team. Going well, give me all the resources because we have one driver here who who is um, not even going to get into the top ten for qualifying. So it's it's interesting, but I, I would say by yeah. race by race six, that's if he continues. Yeah, yeah, I would say to, six too. Yeah, yeah, continues to qualify outside the top ten. Um, yeah, he's got to he's got to pull it together for at least. So he can, if he has, actually, I don't know if it's the fifth or the sixth race, but um, if by the end of Barcelona, he has not redeemed himself in one race, and by redeemed himself, I don't mean qualify, you know, made Q3. I mean, he's supposed to make Q3 every time. I mean, come came in like the top five. He's, he needs to come in the top five. Yeah, I would say he needs to show what he's worth by hitting a podium to say, okay, yeah, I've, yeah. I've had... Uh, like opportunistically, yeah. But like yeah. even if he doesn't, even if he comes in like fourth or fifth in a race and puts in a decent showing... <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know if that's that's enough to do. It's It won't be enough to cement his position on the team, but I think it'll be enough to like... Um, buy some currency. Buy a, just a little bit of relief. So like almost like postpone the decision in another race. <laughs> be like, okay, you're good for now, yeah. but we're, we're watching you next race. Yeah. I, and I feel bad for this guy because like they... He's, he's, um, he's a talented driver, you know? He is, he's supposed to be a talented driver. He did really great in the last car. He's gone up through the same series as everyone. I think him and Leclerc are actually really good friends. I think I was watching the the maybe it was a pregame um, where they talked about how they used to race each other a lot because like Leclerc is from Monaco and uh, Gasly is French and like obviously they're you know live very close to each other and they would go to the same uh, races and they were karting in the same series and stuff like that. So yeah, they yeah. should be. It's it's interesting. It just, it's interesting to see that trajectory though. Like you have one kid going to Ferrari, mm-hmm. another one going up to Red Bull, but. I mean, those are both really, I mean, obviously going to Ferrari is sort of like the, what every driver dreams of, but like getting called up from Toro Rosso to Red Bull so quickly is also quite exceptional. It is know? quite like exceptional. He was very successful. Yeah. He was, granted, that was entirely because Ricardo pulled a Weber. 
Exactly, and uh, that brings or us. A, that's a, a, that's a pull, good. Pull the reverse. No, pull the Weber. A pre Red Bull Weber. Yes. A you pre- want to talk about that? Yeah. Let's uh, let's touch on my man, Mister uh, Ricardo. Um, you you put it really funnily earlier. Uh, Order sixty six, like from Star Wars, <laughs> with the Renaults that just uh, <clears throat> bear. Yeah, that was. <laughs> It was that was absurd. Like, like what we the were, fuck was that all about? You're watching the race. You're looking at you're like, okay, okay. And like, the Hulkenberg's doing pretty well. And, you know, Ricardo's not not awful. Not awful, um, but he might get into the points. You're like, okay, he's, yeah. So he's like, like beeping yeah. and bopping and <laughs> scatting all over the place. All and over then all place. of a sudden, they show one Renault like beached, and then you're like, <laughs> oh, oh shit! Like, who is it? Oh, and then. They cut, and then it's another red on. You're like, wait, what? You, you, that's is that's not a different angle. That's like a is that a different that's car? A, that's a different part of the track. Another the Renault livery. You're like, what the fuck yeah, is and, happening? Yeah, and it's it's the same lap, like almost at exactly the same time. And then they show the replays. I I don't actually know. Uh, I don't even know if they know exactly, but like what happened to both cars. Apparently, it wasn't the same problem, but it looked the same because when you watch the onboards. They're tooting along, and then all of a sudden the engine just goes, yeah, and, and then it's done. And Ricardo, it, it's just like I thought Ricardo left Red Bull because of these issues, because of exactly what happened. Oh yeah, he did. He, that, he, that was his intention. Exactly. I thought that that was the reason why it was because of this exact. He was racing, and then all of a sudden, Order sixty six. <laughs> That's it, and he's got no power, and he has to take out the steering wheel. And oh, and he didn't—he didn't put it back in. They were going to penalize him, but then he was like, "No, nah, I don't want to be electrocuted." The red light was on. So yeah, they, that's right. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. No, so it's what it is. It, first of all, it's 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 uh, just super disappointing, and also just kind of embarrassing for Renault for something like this to happen, especially after all of the weird. Um, you know, um, the bad blood between them and uh, and Red Bull for them for this to happen to them. Like all it's doing is vindicating Red Bull's decision to leave them. Yeah. I mean, they left them and they went to Honda. Honda's performing really well, and Renault is just utter shite this year. Yeah, and and but I would say you know what? It, it's who does it embarrass oh, well, more? Does it embarrass <laughs> Renault more? Or does it ba- embarrass Ricardo? Because it embarrasses of, it embarrasses I, Renault, but then it, um, for think, Ricardo, it, it's like for Ricardo, the embarrassment is you you made a tough call, you made a t- you, a tough choice that seemed right to you, and it turned out to be wrong. And that's the the embarrassment was like you got it wrong, but that's not like a sustained embarrassment. It's like I think it took is a gamble. sustained. No, no, I think it is not because with a works uh, factory team. Uh, it, it's a it's a process of development, and they have and it takes a couple of years. Mercedes wasn't right off the bat an amazing uh, team, true. right? That's true. And yeah. they had to invest. You, they they brought Michael Schumacher back to develop. Do you want car. to talk about the uh, the reverse Weber? Why why we call it a reverse Weber? Yeah, because at the end of the day, Weber left, and this this is what breaks my heart. Weber had a choice between, and funnily enough, Weber's choice was to go to Renault for this. So Weber had a choice when he was leaving Minardi to go for either Williams or Renault. And at that time, uh, Renault had a championship or was about to have a championship winning car. Yeah, it was about to, yeah. And uh, he decided his reasoning, Weber's reasoning was that he wanted to race for an, a historic pedigree racing team. And Williams, it turned out to be one of the worst decisions of his career. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Alonso went on to be a double world champion. Yeah, yeah. In, in an amazing Renault under Flavio. Under Flavio. And it was a beautiful, even you bought the sneakers that, yeah, that matched yeah, that. The turquoise and yellow. And Weber was relegated to the bottom of the pack. Now, what was what, what? I even sm- I even smoked mild seven cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible, but you know I got them just they, for that reason. They sound terrible. Yeah, um, but and it, lucky strikes. But uh, yeah. So uh, and, so yeah. So and so then, Weber now, picked now, Williams, and Weber, it was the wrong choice. And then he ended up in a Red Bull, which is ironic. And he and and the thing <clears> is, is to say, hold on a second. Are you going because now Ricardo's decision was he wanted to race for a team. It was kind of like he didn't want to race for a, a a Red Bull, like a drinks company, and he wanted to race for a you know a race like a, a works team like Renault. And this I, is, I think I this think, is the thing yeah. with some race drivers, right? They I, want I to think race. He, for, I think he did want to race for. Uh, yeah, I think he recognized that Red Bull is way ahead, but um, he wanted to race for a team that made cars. the engines. Yeah, factory as well. Yeah, a factory team, and also 
a team that was about to pour a ton of money back into the sport. And, so and, I think and, I think that was his choice. And that's that the thing. It's like you do you do kind of go, oh, I, I race for Ferrari, I race for Merck, I race for Renault. You you race for a, a team that produces cars. So I can understand why that. But you know what? It, it turned it out. It turned out that the. The the red drink the fucking the energy drink company almost yeah. delivered uh, Mark Webber a championship. True. So yep. it's like and I just, Vettel I was, won countless and Vettel became a four time back to back to back to back world champion. Yeah. So I just have to wonder Insanity. like Ricardo. I don't know. I, I personally think it's a little bit more embarrassing for him because um, he. I don't think he was thinking clearly. I don't think he was given mm. the right advice. I think. He, I think. No. I, I honestly like every, everything that I heard um, points to the fact that he made this decision on his own, and it was kind of like a gut check. He knew it was a tough decision. He had been given everything he wanted contractually by Christian Horner. I know they negotiated for a long time. He had this offer on the table and like floating around from Renault, and he knew that it would be a step back. Um, but he took the gamble because I think he was thinking, I'm probably not going to win a championship in a Red Bull because who knows if their engine problems are going to continue. Maybe Honda will suck like they did for, for uh, McLaren. But he thought, okay, well, the Renault will probably get to where I want it to be in the next two, three years. So I think he just made a calculated decision. And I know he said he's not running from you know a straight fight with Max. And I know that he was up for the challenge to fight Max, but... I don't know. Somehow I think that he felt like the cards were stacked against him at Red Bull. And I don't I, and know. They probably I, were. I, I, I don't think so. I, I think that he just hasn't had some sound um, sound advice. I mean, you've got to you've got to take into account that Max probably has his father, Joss, uh, yeah, uh, in, in his corner. And, I mean, Joss, as a Formula One racer, it would be unbelievable amount of experience to draw upon. Yep. Does Ricardo? I don't know if Ricardo has that that same that same pedigree in his corner because I bet you the same went through yeah. Verstappen's mind. Verstappen was going through all the same power failures and and DNFs as what Ricardo was going through. He he went through just as many, mm. maybe not as many, but he no, went I don't through think quite he went a, as many. But he went through quite a few. He did so go. Yeah, it, he, he did. F- he did but see. But you know what? That. Like it was, it was frustrating for Max too. I mean, Max that's had exactly, a terrible. That's but, what I'm but saying. But Ricardo had actual, like, consistent failures in the second half of the season. Like after Monaco, it just completely, totally went to shit. He was a title contender in the first half of last season. Yeah, that's how bad his luck was. Like I know Verstappen had some bad luck, but Ricardo's luck would just compounded get kept getting worse and worse and i think he was thinking about but you have to be able to sort through that to go yeah. right you know what okay maybe these reno engines are mm-hmm. these reno units they they're just shite maybe <laughs> i've got to trust i've got yeah. when yeah, is yeah. when is horner <laughs> ever really and adrian newey i mean they're a very good team they're very good operators they they've delivered four wheel championships are they smooth operators they are smooth operators and they, they would, I, I just say that I would trust an Adrian Newey, Christian Horner pair over uh, a, bunch of, yeah, a bunch of Renault executives promising, promising the world. And you know what? Or as I like to call them, Cyril Apologitable. <laughs> yeah. It's just. That's a, his whole job is just apologizing for Renault engines being garbage. Yeah. It, it just seems, uh, I don't know. I just don't think. I, I he think ha- that they're going to get it right. I mean, they got it right under Alonso. I think they'll they will get it right, but they've had this terrible, terrible start to the season. And I think one one thing that I, I just wanted to point out about Ricardo's thought process. I, I like how we're <laughs> we're sitting at home imagining what was going through Ricardo's head and presuming to know what was going on. But but I'll, I'll say that like I know this when this has happened to me you know, professionally, for example, when like for whatever reason, something like sets you off and you start thinking, I want to, you know, work for someone else. You know, I want to leave this job and get another one, a better one and work for a better company, uh, whatever instigates that. And I think with, with, with Ricardo, it wasn't actually from the negatives. It wasn't from, Oh, this Renault engine is falling apart and my season is going to shit. I think it was actually from the first half of the season when he was doing well, and the stock was rising. He had that run of races where he did like four overtakes in Shanghai and then he won in Monaco and stuff. Everyone was like, oh, Ricardo was like the next big star. It's finally happening. And suddenly he had like openings available and he was talking to other teams. But remember at that time, it was not clear whether Bottas would be renewed. 
it was not clear whether Kimi would be renewed because at the time nobody was really talking about Leclerc going into the Ferrari. So it, it felt to him like there were two top teams potentially, potentially with seats available. And I think that's no, kind of... that would never have happened. He would never... Ferrari well, would never have been an option with Vettel well, being there. Well... Well, yeah, well, that's what you know. That's what we say. Um, I don't. I think Vettel would have vetoed Leclerc as well. But let's just let's just talk about. That's true. They do have a history. But um, let's talk about this idea that, in a positive, from a positive sense, thinking about going to another team and sort of like court being courted or like romanticizing that, uh, especially when you're on a high, and then suddenly things go to shit. That would almost cement your decision even more because you're already leaning in that direction, being like. I can actually go to bigger and better places. And those doors start to close. They start to close. But then your engine starts failing. And then you're like almost more more committed to getting the fuck out of Dodge, especially because of the run of luck you're having. And then Max just, it, it just like all signs pointed to, to Max being like the favorite in the team. And I think it just, it was like a relationship. It was kind of like a perfect storm of things happening. Like somebody looking outside the relationship in a positive way and then bad things start happening in the but relationship which just ab- pushes them out of the door. But when you say bigger and better things, Red Bull are one of the bigger and better things. They are one of the top racing teams with well, one of the biggest budgets. No, they were they were even at the start of the season when Ricardo was winning races, he was a like they said oh he might be a, a dark horse contender in the title fight. There's no they were just not up there with uh No, th- okay, that season, but what we're talking about is that when Ferrari haven't been near the top, they've always been one of the top teams to race for. So yeah, okay, you have okay, a stagnant you yeah. have a stagnant year for with Red Bull for a season or two. They are one of the bigger, bigger better things. That you've got to be <laughs> like, well, you know what? Their budget rivals that of Ferrari yeah. and Merck. They yeah. have one of the best considered one of the best aero engineers in Adrian Newey. A yeah, very still, sound still the best. Still the best. Like so, by far. Everyone undisputed. So you've got uh, you, you got to say that like they are one of the bigger and better teams, and if they're going just through a little slump, then you got to go. Oh, okay. Well, so he th- had they're the- one of the bigger and better teams that have real problems and have always had real problems with their engine. Yeah, and, and it was and- a huge unknown whether Honda was going to work out because the example was, hey, look, a couple of years ago, McLaren literally just re- flat out rejected, publicly humiliated Honda by being like. You suck so bad. We're gonna go back to Renault. Yeah, I. It seems I don't know. It. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel bad. I feel bad for the honey badger, especially after watching the uh, the Netflix documentary and just you know, I feel like you know I'm right there. Like I like I've like I've had dinner with his parents. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> I feel really close to the guy. You know. Yeah. Um, it, it 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 just uh, I don't know. It's a bit of a contention. It, it upsets me because I, I just hope that he hasn't. He hasn't replicated a Mark Webber decision because if he is in the wilderness for the next four years, he then needs some form of 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 glistening hope that Webber had, where he goes to a bottom team that then suddenly is able to come yeah. back up to the top <clears throat> yeah. again, and that's what it's going to take. So, but I'm serious. If if they cannot produce anything within four years, Ricardo's done. That's the reality of it. Yeah. That's yeah. the reality, and I, it, I think it, I think they're going to make you know they're going to grow. Um, they're going to make progress by leaps and bounds. I think at the end of this season, I honestly feel they they're going to catch Haas and and, and McLaren for sure. They they <clears throat> I, think I, I think they, they've mid, had they've had bad luck. Um, by the summer break, we need to see them continue getting into the top ten for qualifying for starters. Quali pace. Oh, they, they're supposed to. Yeah, you know, but uh, that's they're not really realistic. Like they say, it seems like Sauber, Haas, and McLaren just have a slight edge over them. I don't know actually even what happened in Bahrain. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if you found out, but Hulkenberg didn't. He didn't make it out of Q1. Like he was, he was 17th, which is really odd. I mean, Ricardo didn't have enough to make top 10, so he was 11th. Because um, we've got like two McLarens, Norris and Science were 10th and 7th. Raikkonen was the sole um, Alfa Romeo in the top 10. He was ninth. Then we have Grosjean and Magnussen, 8th and 6th. Verstappen, 5th. And then the two Mercs and the two Ferraris. But like both McLarens made it comfortably. And Ricardo was like right on the cusp but couldn't quite make it. And I, normally I, I would expect that like Hulkenberg would make it. He's a, he's a bit more used to the Renault. And he was, I mean, you know, he had, he had better pace in the race. 
but yeah, I don't know what happened with their with their qualifying. Like they need they need they need that's where they're lacking the most, I think, because their race pace isn't too bad. Uh, yeah, the race pace isn't too too bad, but uh, <laughs> and then I, and then so yeah, for for those of you who might not know, you know, if you're motorsport fans, may not be Star Wars fans, but Order Order sixty six is when. <clears throat> the Emperor or Chancellor Palpatine has this like <laughs> command programmed into all the clone troopers to like turn on the Jedi and murder them when this uh, when this command is given. And it felt like somebody like at Ferrari or not at Ferrari, like probably like at Haas <laughs> had this like flip this like kill, there was like a, yeah, that there was like a, a sleeper agent somewhere and they, they they uttered some command and then he just like went over to the Renault uh, engineering station and flipped a switch and literally both cars died. It was Ross way. Braun in his lounge room <clears throat> with fucking KFC chicken <laughs> on his on his I chest. I don't know what your deal is with Ross Braun's KFC chicken. And he's just sitting there and he goes, "Do the order, sixty six. And- <laughs> <laughs> and he kills the two Renos. Like, get some graphic then, design friend to like make a Ross Braun Roasters logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. I mean, we're going to continue talking about this. Yeah, uh, well, I, I mean, we could talk about this like for you know another two hours probably, and we'll never agree. But I think that Ricardo made the decision that you know made a lot of sense to them to him at the time, and it was a gamble, and it hasn't worked out, and that's sad. But I do think it's going to turn around. I'm just upset that it has been so terrible so far. And also, let's like Hulkenberg is no, he's no slouch. So I think he is going to get a bit of a, he's going to have a bit of a challenge there because he has definitely not shown Hulkenberg up at all. No, yet. he hasn't. And Hulkenberg, if anything, uh, has, reminds, reminds yeah. me of Kimmy, a little bit of Mr. Consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just. Uh, he's kind uh, of, yeah, he's kind of like the German Kimmy. Yeah, he's <laughs> like the German serious Kimmy, just yeah. uh, like yeah. he's Mr. Consistent. So I don't know, but McLaren, uh, one thing that they do well is they develop their cards very, very well. Well, um, I mean, you're saying this now. Where were they the last two years? No, they had okay. There was have a, you seen, a, a have you seen that meme of like say Alonzo looking at McLaren's success now, and it's that it's that like um, video of the guy like peering out a window, <laughs> just like watching people outside, and he's like in the shadows behind the curtain, <laughs> enviously looking outside. It was funny to uh, it's funny to <laughs> funny you say that Alonzo was quoted as saying the other day that. Uh, McLaren's, uh, you know, improvement into the top ten is not enough to make him come back. Like he, like he's a fucking uh, realistic. And also, return. why he was yeah. there? Why well, was he even there? I, I could he was wearing that. like he was wearing like McLaren like Dockers. Yeah, yeah because he was he's wearing. Uh, <laughs> he looked like, and, and like when you take a race suit away from a driver like that, they kind of just look like a short Spanish dude. On the on the pit wall, you know, I was like wearing like this terrible McLaren like golf shirt and or whatever their their collared shirts and these McLaren pants with like sneakers. He looked like he just looked like a Spanish Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, <laughs> he was there to develop the car, so obviously he's still got some really good input. Uh, <laughs> he's not developing a car; he's just like watching the lap times. No, he he helped, but I, I yeah, don't think. He, I mean. Uh, Look, that's the one thing is that McLaren do very well. Is that throughout the year, if they don't st- like, like I said, those last two years they already started on the back foot. They had problems with their chassis and whatnot yeah. and engine. Yeah. Here they they haven't started on the back foot. They've started racing yeah, they, they, properly. And, they, um, and what's yeah. the good thing about it is yeah. that they can they will continually continually yeah. improve on yeah, that. So let's let's and watch. Si- science like so he had bad luck in the first race with you know the whole thing with his car being on fire, but. Uh, uh, Norris did well. Norris. We didn't. We didn't know that if you. We didn't know that he was like doing that much better than Science or whatever because of the problem that Science had. But Norris. Um, Norris did really, really well in this race too. He did excellent. I was like, he, he and he was overtaking. He was defending well. Um, um, yeah, he and he he passed Kimi. I can't remember exactly what was happening at the time, and I think he had just. I'm not sure, but I think he had just pitted. And Kimmy was on a really old set of tires and he had like no grip. So he just blew right past Kimmy. And then just the way things worked out when Kimmy was on better tires, um, wasn't able to catch up. So six, sixth place is way better than what, what, what McLaren would have expected would happen at the start of the season. Yeah. Look, we're going to, I think we're going to see a consi- uh, consistently, we're going to see McLaren in the points this year. Yeah. And that's um, good. Cause like it was actually embarrassing how bad they were yeah. last year. Like they were bad. Yeah, dude. They, they were, were worse than Renault, like yeah. way worse. It was, it was, it was pretty tough. They to were watch. like, 
all, I think we even said this at some at times last year. I was saying like McLaren. I actually think I made a bet. Did I make a bet with you? I, we, we've made so I think, many bets. I know. Over I think the last I think the months. bet was that McLaren. That I think I made a bet that Williams would improve more than McLaren, and it didn't happen. Oh really? Okay. I think you. I think there was a <laughs> fifty dollar bet here. Need, I think it was a, probably a five dollar bet, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's going to be cool to see because that's that's the one thing that I, I McLaren I like to watch. That's the one thing I like watching about Formula One is McLaren's development. They've always been that 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 racing team that mm-hmm. develop extremely well. So I'm excited because uh, we're going. I'm excited to see the upgrades that McLaren bring because they're 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 back in the they're not yeah. back in the hunt for a championship, but yeah. they're now becoming a predator. They're now becoming an apex predator. Yeah. Well, they prey on on other midfield teams, maybe. Yeah. Like they're, yeah, you know what? The midfield is actually way more interesting and exciting than the, you know, the front runners right now. Because, I mean, maybe not, but because like Mercedes and Ferrari are too far from each other. But what I would like to see is more races where the Ferraris and the Mercedes like split each other. You know, the thing that's with what the, I want to see. I think with the, the thing with the, the top two teams is that it's it's only Mercedes and Ferrari with the Red Bull sprinkled in. And but what we want to see is uh, the drivers basically slitting each other's throats like Roman gladiators. Whereas <laughs> the midfield, we want to we've got three or four teams where we want to actually see the teams racing and not ne- mm-hmm, not yeah. not necessarily concerned with the individual statistics of the midfield, but mm-hmm. more concerned with the team uh, the team standing. So we want to see the teams race together uh, against each other in the midfield. But in mm-hmm. terms of the top, we want to be seeing, you know, the slashing of throats, so to speak, in, <clears throat> and, in Formula One yeah, style. And we saw plenty of of, uh, of throat slashing in this in this race. Um, you know, basically Leclerc on Vettel throat slashing. Yeah, and, and I was, I mean, you know, you know how I feel about Vettel. So um, for me, even though I'm a little um, ambivalent, I was ambivalent towards Leclerc for basically essentially taking. Kimmy's seat of Ferrari right after you know Kimmy had like gotten pole in Monza and around the time that he won um, in Austin, I just felt like, uh, well, you know, they, they could have waited one more year. I'm kind of glad that they that it worked out the way it did. It seems Kimmy is like much happier and more comfortable in this Alpha uh, role. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, we were wondering he- we were wondering what was going to happen, and um, I think Leclerc didn't have the greatest qualifying lap in Australia. But in this in this race, you know, he totally dominated in qualifying. And what I really enjoyed the most was the fact that he didn't get a great start, but he didn't give up. And he legitimately overtook Vettel like it, it was like he was yeah, schooling he legi- the yeah, master, you he, know? He legitimately overtook and Vettel was defending extremely hard on that yeah. turn. Yeah, you know, he was <clears throat> given, you know, no quarter given at all. Yeah, and, and he he just smoothly just uh overtook him and like then, he, and then he got past him and he just he left everyone behind. Like he was Yeah, it's it's he was having like a Hamilton style day. I, I seriously think um And it was I mean, I think it it's kind of funny, but it, I feel like the entire paddock was almost embarrassed and apologetic that Leclerc didn't win. Like everyone felt bad for him. Everyone was like not really wanting to celebrate that much. Their own, you know, um, the the luck that they had in terms of like getting to overtake him because of that problem. So it, I really feel like the whole it's like the whole world is behind this guy. Yeah, you know? I I you know what I I honestly believe that if Ferrari can uh, keep up their pace. I think that Leclerc is the genuine um, genuine article. F- the gen yeah, the genuine fighter to Mata- uh, to Hamilton's uh, title. So I I don't believe Vettel can do it this year. To to be honest, considering no, how- he's and like you know, honestly, even in the interviews, he seems like just he seems like a driver who's lost. Like he sometimes they ask him questions and he's like his eyes aren't even pointing at the interviewer. He's just like looking off into the distance and then he, he kind of so- he's like. Oh, what? And he's like a lot more relaxed than he used to. He doesn't seem as stressed. He kind of maybe smiles more, but almost in a defensive sort of sarcastic way. Like he thinks this question is stupid or he doesn't really care anymore. Like it just feels like he's almost like checked out. He, it's funny you say that because he did, he did say in an interview that, um, in regards to the parent company that now owns Formula One, that it's turned into more of an entertainment industry. And he said that he doesn't know if he'll be around for the rule changes in a couple of years. Uh, So um, 
it, it was it was a bit weird for him to be saying that, but yeah. in, in terms of now that now that what you just said, how he's a little bit apathetic towards um, interviewing, it, he, he might be just genuinely checked out. The guy has four world championships, and it probably did take a lot out of him. He stayed on top of the game for four years in a row, yeah. which is and yet, you know, I think last season took a lot out of him. Where last, things yeah. kind of fell apart. He was doing really really well, and then things fell apart. And, and, and I think that's going to be demoralizing because I think he really wanted to win a championship with Ferrari. Yeah, and I think he's just probably putting things in into perspective and just being like, well, you know what, I'm a four-time world champion. Do I really want anything anything more now that he's getting a little bit older? Um, he's probably just weighing it up and going, what's what's the point of being upset at the sport, the, 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 the one thing that I love in life, and he's mm-hmm. just coming out of it race after race upset and because of poor strategy choices. So it's 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 interesting um, when he said, yeah, that he might not be around for for that for the for the next round of rule changes. But you're right, he does mm-hmm. seem like a checked out boy. But I think I think it'll still it'll be a really good fight this year, and I think it will be a fight now because like basically. The one thing that I was really upset about in this race when Leclerc started losing losing power, I mean that was it was heartbreaking for everyone, and you could actually even hear, maybe not panic, but the first time you ever heard Leclerc on the radio sounding a little you know agitated. Um, but I was I was upset because I was thinking, well, he's he's done nothing wrong. He he totally kicked ass all race, and he completely annihilated Vettel. And I don't want the history books to show that Vettel still outperformed Leclerc in this race, which they will. Because everyone's going to catch him. Everyone's going to pass. And then yeah. it was like Palpatine uh, <laughs> executed Order 66 and all of the Renaults stopped on track. And the safety car came out at exactly the right time. And, I mean, it was almost like a little saving grace um, for Charles to be able to get his first podium and end up third which he totally deserved to be first, but, you know, at least walk away with the podium and two places ahead. And that's even almost more embarrassing that, like, he had this, like, engine problem, this massive engine problem, and Vettel was still two places behind. I mean, yeah. obviously there's a safety car, so it's they couldn't overtake at a certain point, but... But I, I, I don't think Vettel would have been able to catch up with him regardless. They said they were saying that Verstappen for sure could have uh, overtaken yeah, yeah, Leclerc yeah, yeah, um, yeah. on those dying laps because yeah. he was only at that point nine to yeah. uh, nine or ten seconds. Uh, even, even there, even still, it's still. I mean, they were they were how many seconds were they gaining on him? It was a lot. Like I think he was down forty k- <clears throat> forty kph in the straights. He yeah, was it was it was a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's like multiple seconds per lap or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, uh, I think this brings us to the end of the episode. Yeah, and um, really uh, curious as to what's going to happen uh, in the next race. Like, apparently, Leclerc is going to be using the same engine that had that problem. I mean, they've traced it to some sort of problem with the fuel injection or the injection control system. Injection yeah. system control unit. Um, so, uh, I don't know what that means. But, like, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it'll be back up to... Up to snuff because you know replacing engines and engine penalties, no one wants that, right? So they're they're going to gamble. But what what are you um what are your predictions for for, for China? China? Yeah. Um, First of all, I predict that uh, Gasly will uh, fail to make uh, Q three again. Yeah, I I don't think Gasly will make Q three. I think I th- only one of the McLarens will. I think the McLarens. Both McLarens will hit into the top uh, into Q three. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Only if neither Sainz, Reynolds does. Signs is going to be wanting blood. He's had two retirements. He's going to be wanting blood, so he he needs to make a statement to, uh, at China. Um, I think the Ferrari are going to continue with their pace, and I think um, we're going to see a really really good battle. I think maybe I think Vettel's going to get pole. I got a feeling Vettel's going to get pole. I think that this is the, his race yeah. to show something. I think, so it's, I, I think it's more likely that he'll get pole than than Leclerc because he's focused now, and he's been embarrassed. So I think he'll be really, really hungry to you know prove his yeah. his dominance again. But I think it's still possible for Leclerc to get it. It's still possible. And you know, we're uh, both wrong. I bet Hamilton's going to get it. Yeah, probably fucking. <laughs> it's probably just going to be a mistake. It's Hamilton's always just Hamilton. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, no one. Really, I can't really tell from the top four, but I do think. Similar things will happen. I think Verstappen will do quite well in the Honda. I think he'll capitalize. You know, I almost think that one of the Mercs or the Ferraris will have an issue next race, and Verstappen this time will benefit from it. Yeah. Um, I believe that Kimi will qualify barely in Q3, and I think he will barely get points again. And I think he'll be consistent 
consistent citizen of uh, of the points in the, the the republic of points for yeah. you know 2019 but i don't think he's going to do anything you know shocking beyond that but i i think that i'm i'm happy with the mclarens doing better and i think williams is going to continue to languish um in last place i think kubica is going to be lapped you know by russell yeah. Uh, what else? What else can we? What other mean things can we say about drivers? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, so um, let's see. Um, I also predict that Magnuson is going to tell uh, Hulkenberg <laughs> to suck his balls. That's um, my favorite part. Okay. So uh, let's wrap up, and uh, we'll meet again in uh, in a week. Yeah, yeah. and uh, for China, which will be the one thousandth uh, Grand Prix. Yeah, exactly. One zero zero zero. All right. Thank you, Keon. Uh, Thank you, Luke. And we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.